is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. How are we doing, everyone? This week is kind of a messy week because no AEW on Wednesday. Um, Raw had nothing to talk about. And Double or Nothing's already been covered by us. So that was last episode, if you haven't checked it out, me and Robbie. Talked about the entire pay-per-view, what we liked, what we didn't like. So this week will be a little bit from SmackDown, um, NXT. We'll talk the big releases by WWE for sure. I have one note on AEW. We will talk a little bit about Cyber Fight Festival. And we'll preview New Japan's Dominion show, or at least the big three matches. And we have two questions to answer at the end of the show, so definitely stick around for that. However, let's get into it. Friday Night SmackDown was centered around the Usos versus the Street Profits. The winner essentially got a tag team title shot at the Mysterios, which will be this week. The Usos and Profits had a fantastic tag team match Jay and Jimmy you know pound for pound if if you're asking who's the best tag team in the history of WWE I have it between the Usos and New Day and I know people might think that's recency bias but when it comes to in-ring performances these two teams never fail and the Usos reminded the world the other day that they very well might be the best tag team in the world when they're together and that's impressive considering how great of a singles run Jey Uso has been on. So they defeated the Prophets, and you could tell Roman Reigns was angry. And they've been gifted a title match for this coming week. And at the end of the show, there was this amazing image. So the Usos walked out after the Mysterios successfully defended their titles against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. The Usos got in the face of the Mysterios, and they showed Roman watching on a screen in the back. And there's this clear, clear, scared part of Roman here where he's afraid of losing Jay. He's afraid of losing his, I don't want to say his backup, but a lot of things have been going well for Roman. And the fact that he's now watching Jay focus on other things 
is not his his not his cup of tea. His anger is buzzing, and it's just it's just such great television. I love everything they're doing here. I think the USOs win the titles on Friday. I do. I think that's going to be part of the story, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do at Hell in a Cell. I think they might do Uso versus Uso if they don't win the titles. I'm intrigued. The fact that the Usos are getting this much shine is wonderful, and, you know, keep doing it. Jay showed some uncertainty, some... uh, He was definitely scared when Jimmy got that match because he knows Roman's not going to like it. And we've already seen... Jay get kicked out of the family. He doesn't want that again. So it's really interesting to see where this dynamic goes moving forward. Uh, that's really it from SmackDown. Not too much otherwise. Let's talk NXT. NXT opened up with a triple threat to decide Karrion Cross's number one contender for NXT TakeOver in your house. The Triple Threat saw Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, and Johnny Gargano face off. And by the end, that was ruined as Adam Cole made his return to NXT, taking all three out. He'd be removed from the building from William Regal, but that, that was not the last time we saw Cole. Ember Moon then called out Raquel Gonzalez and it was made official. That NXT TakeOver in your house, it will be Raquel Gonzalez defending the NXT Women's Championship against Ember Moon. Jake Atlas defeated LA Knight thanks to Cameron Grimes. Grimes versus LA Knight has been made official as well for NXT TakeOver. And this this was the big promo here. Adam Cole walks out to the ring, calls out Karrion Cross. Cross walks down to the ring, angered. At what Cole's saying, and there was this great line where Cole says, "You get the f- you get the big music, you get the big entrance, you get the girl, you get this, you get that." All NXT needs to do to make Adam Cole special is to ring the bell. I thought that was a great line. Adam Cole was on a different level Wednesday night, and Karrion Cross's angry promo that followed was also fantastic. I thought. Cross was also at the top of his game. He's not Adam Cole level, but he's pretty darn close. This was the best promo. Now moving ahead. It was made official that at NXT TakeOver in your house, it'll be Adam Cole versus Karrion Cross versus Johnny Gargano versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne. And when I preview this show next week, I'm going to go into detail of how I would have that match pan out. Carmelo Hayes made his debut, the former Christian Casanova of the New England area. He's pretty, uh, pretty big deal around here. Loved him. Loved it. He answered Kushida's open challenge for the Cruiserweight title. And, man, they had an excellent match. Carmel Hayes is a star, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute star. His uh, first promo was great. And 
His match was great with Kushida. Now, I know it's not saying a lot to have a great match with Kushida. is nothing. But for a first showing, that's all you can really ask for. He's going to be a big star. And I think if they do that second NXT show, he is going to be the top of that, which I still think they should do. Tian Sha. This was great. Tian Sha laid it down. Zia Lee explained why. Why was Mercedes Martinez the target? In Zia Lee's very first match in the original Mae Young Classic, Mercedes Martinez defeated her, and she hasn't been able to let it go. She says she's a different competitor now, and she's going to show that at NXT TakeOver. This match is happening at NXT TakeOver. I can't explain how happy I am that Tian Sha especially Zia Lee, is getting a match on the big show. She's worked so hard. She's one of the more, most enjoyable wrestlers in the company, in my mind. And I'm just, I'm just really excited for what she's going to do because she's special. And Mercedes, I mean, it's hard to get a better wrestler in there to face off with Zia, make her look good, have a good match. I, I'm very excited for this, ladies and gentlemen. And MSK successfully defended their titles against Legato Del Fantasma. That's it for NXT. What I really want to dive into now is the WWE releases. I feel like we're doing this now every couple of weeks, which is really sad. But here we go. In a stunning announcement, it was revealed that Braun Strowman, Ruby Riot, Aleister Black, Buddy Murphy, Lana, and NXT Santana Garrett were released from the company. Let's go from bottom to top. Garrett, you know, she was someone that appeared in NXT once in a while, never really got off the ground. Uh, you know, she, she, she was a relatively big name when she signed. She was the former WOW Women's Champion. Uh, she went to stardom. She was the Wonder of Stardom Champion. She was a big name, and she just never found her footing in NXT. This was kind of an expected one for me. Lana. I feel like it's been a long time of people, you know, expecting Lana to be released, especially once Rusev was. But she stuck around, stuck around, but now she's gone. And it was only this past Raw where she teamed with Naomi once again. She was teaming with Naomi for weeks. And now Naomi is left without a partner, without a direction. I just hope they realize that Naomi is far better than what she was doing anyways. And they push her forward. Ruby Riot. This one hurt a lot of people, you could tell. On the indies, she was Heidi Lovelace in... In NXT and WWE, she was Ruby Riot with one or two T's, whichever you prefer. And she meant the world to a lot of people. Bailey shared a wonderful story about how Ruby sent out flowers and made people smile when they were released. She went out of her way to make people feel good. Liv Morgan says anyone would be lucky to have Heidi Lovelace in their locker room. 
there were so many stories and so much heartbreak for the release of Ruby Riot. Ruby then released a statement today talking about how she never expected to make it to the WWE. And in her time there, she met so many people that, you know, felt like her, felt introverted, felt different. She met the Riot Squad, who are among her best friends now. Liv Morgan and her now are broken up. And that hurts me a lot because I've always been a believer in them as a tag team. I always wanted them to win the tag titles. I thought they were going to win the tag titles when they got back together a year ago. And the fact that they never did is a shame. It's an absolute shame because they were a great team. Liv Morgan got so much better than she once was. Ruby's just one of the best. And now they're never going to get to do that. Ruby Riot's going to be okay. And she made clear she doesn't know what she's going to go by anymore. She might be going back to Heidi Lovelace. Maybe she intertwines Ruby somehow. But we, what we do know is that she's going to be fine. She's going to be one of the biggest ads of the year. And for whatever company gets her, you are getting a future champion and one of the best people in wrestling. Buddy Murphy. This was a big one because I think a lot of people believe Buddy Murphy can be considered one of the best in the world. He has one of the better move sets that WWE has in their well, had in their entire company, whether it was his knee strikes, um, Murphy's Law. I don't even know if that's the name of his finisher. Everything Murphy did to me screamed champion. He had the look. He had the moves. He had the in-ring. And wherever he goes, I'm excited to follow. I think he could fit like a glove in New Japan. I think that's where I want him to go the most. Because his style will just shine so bright. But I'm excited to see what's next for Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy has long been underutilized. One of the best cruiserweight champions in WWE history. The best kept secret, as he said in his goodbye, will finally be known. Now that he has freedom. Alistair Black. Better known to some as Tommy End. This was maybe... It's hard to say this was the most shocking. Clearly, Braun was. But this was stunning because he just returned to television. He cost Big E the Intercontinental Championship. They were going into a program which I thought was going to be great. And now he's gone. Aleister Black is going to go down as one of the greatest NXT superstars of all time. With one of the best runs in the brand of all time. One of the most popular wrestlers in NXT of all time. When he got to the main roster, they never knew what to do with him. And that's so sad. Because Aleister Black was perfect for WWE. He had the character. He had the in-ring. 
He had the promo ability. He had everything. And if you checked out his Twitch stream yesterday, you got an idea that there's no sour apples right now. He's just stunned. He was excited for what was next with his Big E stuff. He had an entrance song that was going to be his among his favorite, which is stunning considering I thought the Root of All Evil song was amazing. He had so much ready. He talked about how he had a good relationship with Vince McMahon, how Paul Heyman did everything for him, how he had a good relationship with Triple H. How there was a probability he could return to NXT if there wasn't something on the main roster that worked. I This was the most upsetting to me in terms of what he could do in the future because unfortunately... Ruby Riot and Murphy, they were never going to be treated as they should. I thought Aleister Black had a chance here with the new gimmick that he could be revitalized and seen as this special attraction. So his release was, it saddened me. But you can check out an article on Last Word on Sports that I did about his potential locations now that he's free. I think what best fits him is going freelance. He can hit AEW. He can hit Impact. He can hit Ring of Honor. He can hit WXW. He can hit New Japan. He can hit AAA. He can hit everything because that's how talented this man is. That's how prominent he is, and that's how much he will be wanted by people around wrestling. I look forward to seeing what he does. And finally, the final release, the biggest release. In a long time. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman a month ago was in the WWE Championship match. Not even a month ago. Less than a month ago. Was in the WWE Championship match with Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. He defeated Drew McIntyre on television. He defeated Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. This year. And now he's gone. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful reported that a lot of it had to do with his contract. Supposedly it was up over around a million per year. And that's a lot. That's a lot for Braun Strowman. No offense, but I mean, I don't think he's worth that much. That being said, the release of Braun Strowman shows a lot about the WWE system. He is exactly what they want in a guy. He's an attraction. He's a seven-foot-tall man who can move like a five-foot-six guy. He had athleticism. He had intensity. He was over white-hot once upon a time. He's a former Universal Champion. He's defeated Goldberg. And now, he's gone. I wasn't a huge Braun fan. But man, his last match in this company, in that triple threat, if that's the way to go out, that's the way to go out, man. WWE Championship, I don't know if he's going to wrestle ever again. I really don't. He doesn't need to. As long as he saved his money, he doesn't need to. He's 37 years old. Injuries are starting to add up. Maybe he returns to WWE. That's really what I could see. Smaller deal. Down the line, I think that's possible. But I understand if a company wants to bring in Braun Strowman, 
He's a former world champion and an attraction. With Big Show in AEW, someone that's rather close with Strowman. Never say never. Never say never. I think there's a real possibility if he were to go anywhere besides WWE, AEW makes a lot of sense. These releases are really shameful because it always hurts to see people lose their jobs. And while I think this is the most talented class of people released and they will do just fine, it still sucks. Um, It's worth noting that the 30 days ends right before AEW All Out. I would put a lot of money in at least one of these guys or gals showing up there. That's that for the releases. Uh, The one thing I wanted to bring up in AEW was Max Caster. So I watched Dark Elevation yesterday. And this guy is so over. And there is no one in AEW that has turned me around on how I feel about them quicker than him. His rhymes, his disses, amazing before every match. They're must-listen. And he's a pretty good wrestler, too. I think the acclaimed are going to be tag team champions. But, yeah, that's really really it. That's all I had to say there. This coming weekend is the Cyber Fight Festival where DDT, Pro Wrestling Noah, and Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling all come together for a very special one-night show. One of the bigger events in recent memory. It's a huge show. And I want to talk about um, you know, the two matches that I really am looking forward to from it. First off is the uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro main event as the champion Mayu Yamashista faces off with Yuka Sakazaki. Huge match. Gonna be great. Yamashista is one of my favorites. I'm excited. You should be too. I'm picking Mayu to win. Man, this is gonna be exciting. And the main event will be the GHC world title on the line as Kaiji Muto, a.k.a. the Great Muda, defends against the legend Marafuji. That's going to be amazing. I hope Marafuji wins. I really do. I really do because I watched all of Muto's defenses this year, and, man, they have not been great. But he's a legend, and it makes me want to watch. So I guess he's doing the right thing. And finally, before we have our two questions, let's talk New Japan's Dominion show. Yeah, that kind of snuck up, huh? And it's a big show. I'm going to preview the big three matches here right now. Cody Ibushi will face off with Jeff Cobb. They've been having a very good feud um, over the past month, especially after Cobb destroyed Ibushi following his loss to Will Ospreay. This is an exciting match. Very exciting. Um, 
Cobb's been doing some great work. Ibushi's Ibushi. I'm picking Kota to win, no doubt, because I think he needs it. But this match is going to be physical. Could be uh, could be a show stealer. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship is on the line as champion El Desperado defends against Yo. This match is a makeup from Wrestling Dontaku, I believe, as it had to be canceled due to, um, I believe, I don't want to just put this out there, I believe Yo may have been in close contact with someone with COVID or ended up getting it. So it was canceled. But this match, this match is going to be, this match is going to be nice. Uh, Yo's really good. El Desperado is great. I'm picking, I'm picking Yo to win. I think they're, I think they're setting up Yo to be a superstar, which rightfully so. And the main event for the vacant IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. We'll see. Kazuchika Okada face off with Shingo Takagi. Will Ospreay had to vacate the title last month due to his neck, which does not sound good. Everything he's shown does not look good. He hopes to wrestle again by the end of the year. Hopefully he does because I don't wish injury on anyone. I'm not a huge Will Ospreay fan, but the man is a talented wrestler. I, I hope he gets well soon. But let's talk about Okada and Shingo. Shingo has lost his last two big matches. He lost to Osprey in the New Japan Cup Final. And he lost in his title match at Wrestling Dontaku against Osprey. Kazuchika Okada, on the other hand, the last time he had a big match was against Shingo Takagi in the New Japan Cup, the first round. And Shingo won. That's how we got here. Okada was on his way to having a match with Osprey. At Wrestle Grand Slam before that had to be postponed and Osprey had to relinquish the title. This is a big match. This is a big, big situation here. Okada, Shingo. Does Okada continue to supplant himself as perhaps the greatest New Japan star of all time? Or does Shingo finally, finally break through? And become the IWGP world champion. This will be the first time also that Okada would hold the world title. While I think it would be a great story to see Shingo win. Okada is talking crap. Already saying that Shingo is not on his level. I think with the Wrestle Grand Slam shows being being brought back in the future. I think you have to have Okada win here. If Okada is healthy enough. I think you have to have him win here because New Japan's in a spot right now where there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fans being very questionable of their decisions. There's just a lot not great. And I don't think you can have anyone more trustworthy to carry that New Japan flag moving forward to help return to greatness than Kazuchika Okada. So that's my pick. I'm excited for that show. I plan to cover it for Last Word on Sports, so definitely check it out there. And now let's get to our two questions of the day. Asked by my good friend Alex, if Nia Jax hadn't broken her nose, would Becky Lynch 
have made it to the main event of WrestleMania or the WWE would have let her fizzle out? You know, I think this is a great question because it's something I've always wondered. How would that have went down? Because we know that it was supposed to be Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series. Likely, likely to see Ronda beat Becky Lynch. Ultimately, it ended up being Charlotte versus Ronda there as... Again, Nia Jax broke her nose and set up that great image where Becky in one night went from a rising star to the face of the company. I feel like that was the night where everything changed. And if they have that original match, is Becky able to get into the main event? Because it's very likely before that all happened, Charlotte Flair was going to go on to win the Royal Rumble. She was going to go on to face Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania in the main event. And you look at it like that, and you think, how would have Becky got in there? I don't think WWE could have let her fizzle out. She was on such a run there where, for sure, that broken nose with the blood pouring down her face instantly made her bigger than she already was becoming. But it's hard for me to think they would have just let her fizzle out. But I don't think she gets to that WrestleMania main event truthfully without that broken nose. Because the way Vince McMahon was so determined to do Charlotte and Ronda I think that would have been the match, and I think that it would have been Becky Lynch and Asuka wrestling at WrestleMania rather than the Royal Rumble that year. But things change as soon as that punch was thrown by Nia breaking Becky's face because Becky became, like I said, the face of the company from there on out. I think the fans, depending how that all went down, could have powered their way like we saw with Daniel Bryan getting Becky there. But it's hard to say. It's really hard to say because that really did change a lot. But my guess is no, she probably wouldn't have been facing Ronda in the main event. She probably would have been SmackDown Women's Champion, and I think she would have faced Asuka. I think that's just the reality we were likely headed to. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. That's the saying, and I I just don't, I don't know if anything would have changed without that. And the second question on the ledger, which member of the four horsewomen would you most like to see have a run outside the company right now? This, for me, is a pretty easy one. I think Sasha Banks has to be the choice. I think Sasha Banks is the one who is the best wrestler of the four and will absolutely kill it wherever she went. Dream matches for me galore are Sasha versus Mayu Iwatani, Sasha versus Azumi, 
Sasha versus Julia. Sasha versus Sukasa Fujimoto. Sasha versus Mia Momono. Sasha versus Takumi Roja. Like everyone. And part of me likes to, likes to think that one day Sasha will let her contract expire simply so she can do like a three month, four month, five month, six month run in Japan, get all the matches she wants done, and she'll come back and finish her career in WWE. That's what I think could happen. But with her heading to Hollywood for Star Wars and everything, that may never happen. But without a shadow of a doubt, that is what I'd love to see. I think Sasha's just so good. Um, she's already established herself as maybe the best uh, in-ring women's wrestler of all time in WWE and maybe the best period in all of WWE ever. And it's it, if I had to rank them, uh, Charlotte would be last. I just don't have really any interest watching her wrestle anymore. Uh, Bailey would be second, and Becky would be third. I think Becky fits exactly what WWE loves, and she fits perfectly there. And I think Bailey could have some cool matches outside of WWE as well. But Sasha, without a doubt. And with that, the show's over. It was a short week, but next week will not be a short week. As we got three previews with NXT TakeOver in your house. Alex will join me for previews of Tokyo Dream Cinderella and Gaiism's return. So lots on that. And we'll talk about Dominion, the new IWGP World Champion. NXT, two episodes of AEW. It's going to be a packed week next week. So thank you for joining me this week. And have a good one, everybody. また美学でしょう夢見